Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 3, Episode 1. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we are recording on New Year's Day for you guys. What are we talking about, Jean? We are talking about the debut of season three of A Discovery of Witches. We're back in the present and all shit is about to start. <laughs> and boy, it's not good. It freaking started, didn't it? God. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's start. Let's get these things out of the way. So I don't forget them later, like last season, like I do all the time. <laughs> you only have seven times to say this, so I know I only have seven times to get this right. So let's cheer our random patron sponsor. And today we have chosen Jacqueline Gitless. So yay. Thank you, Jacqueline. And the next thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about our Patreon sponsorship. This podcast, this whole podcast is brought to us by listeners just like you, our patrons on Patreon. They help us pay for things. So the thing you're listening to right now is due to their help. What do we do with this money that we get? We don't take it home. We have jobs for that to put roofs over our heads. But what we do do is, I said do do. <laughs> it cannot I'm be a ignored. Year old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Is we pay for our equipment, we pay for our apps that we use to record and edit these podcast episodes. Also, we pay for cloud storage, we pay for web space, we pay for domain names, we pay for licenses for music, we pay for, and those are costly, guys. Oh my mm-hmm. God. We pay for apps, for graphics, we pay for postage to send out prizes, we pay for. I don't know. Help me out. What else? What else? What else? The unpleasant operating costs. Yes. <laughs> the not fun stuff. Yes. And it winds up being costly because we want you guys to have a good listening experience. Because if you go back to the first 15 episodes of our podcast, this one you're listening to, you'll hear the noted difference, the marked difference that makes me cringe. You might enjoy it, but whatever. <laughs> we have standards now. We do. <laughs> or better standards, I should say. I know. It doesn't sound like it, but we do. Also, so Jean, tell patrons why they should join. Why? What they get. What they get. Yeah, what's what's in it for them? Well, at every level, you get access to our after shows. Now, be cautioned, because we're doing straight through seven weeks of TV, we will have a little bit of an after show hiatus, but... That doesn't mean you can't access all the past fun and frivolity. That's right. There's 70 episodes there for mm-hmm. you to listen to. <laughs> Not sure if I want to, but feel free. Um, uh, as the levels go up, there's different types of swag, including tote bags and stickers and whatever Val dreams up in her feverish little mind. Yeah, well. And we have Demon Roulette every quarter where all of our patrons are entered into the drawing and we come up with a prize package. I don't think we have a theme yet this year, but it's always good stuff and Val's always house cleaning and throwing in extras. I sure (laughs) am. I sure am. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth it. Two bucks a month. I mean, that's less than coffee at a Starbucks. I mean, what can you get for two bucks at a Starbucks? A place Uh, of wine? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can't even get a cake pop or anything. I don't think so, no. All right. if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss and and you can join, pick your level. And we kind of have a little underground community over there. Just a little bit, a little mm-hmm. small. But in, we do reveal things that are coming up with our patrons first. So if you're interested, definitely go visit. Okay, this thing. This is the thing I always forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a disclaimer. <laughs> the disclaimer. Okay, so in this episode, we are going to attempt to talk about what we see on screen. That's it. 
we're not going to go forward and talk about the previews for next episode. We are just talking about episode one in this podcast episode of ours. We are not going to provide book spoilers for you. However, if you are a book reader, stay tuned because we do have a spoiler zone where we talk about the contrast and the comparison from the books to the TV show, what they changed, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we missed, what we missed, right? And anything spoilery in between might pop out over there. So if you don't want spoilers, we will give you an alarm and say, hey, we're entering the spoiler zone. Right now is where you should turn off this episode and we'll join you next week. But if you don't care about spoilers or you want to hear the spoilers, then keep listening on. It's a true spoiler zone, too, in that we might go forward in the book or backward or backward or talk about the overall theme or tie it all together because we're tying one point. And the book does not exactly follow the TV show or vice versa, I should say. Um, So we definitely could get spoilery, extra spoilery there. Yes. There's that. And I got that out of the way. Yay. Okay. Now we just have to live up to it. Right. Only six more episodes to go (laughs) for that. So... Okay, you guys ready? Yes, let's do it. Let's start the wagon. Here we go. We opened up with recaps of season two, which I love seeing. And that was great. I mean, it was nice to revisit that. Nice to remind Mm -hmm. ourselves. It was a nice little prompt. Right. And that recap ended with Peter giving essentially a death blow to Emily. Mm -hmm. Now we're opening and there are dark corridors, Matthew and Diana we can tell they have returned because they're still dressed in their 16th century underwear. <laughs> yep. And it appears they're visiting Emily on her deathbed. So she's not quite dead yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> not dead yet. Not dead yet. So the whole crew is at Septor. Emily is just hanging on for dear life. And eventually she leaves the mortar coil with Sarah at her side and Matthew and Diana observing. So what'd you guys think of this? I, I, I guess it was abrupt. I mean, it yeah. had to happen, but... It um, brought you into it though. Brought you into it, yeah. 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 It was kind of, I was unexpected because it was like, wow, they brought all those, brought back Valerie to to film for season three. They managed to keep that under wraps. She didn't look good. No, (laughs) No. she didn't look good at all. No. And the other thing I like about this cold open is how we just track through and then the realization is it's like, wait a minute, we're in Septour and it's the present. They did a really nice job for folks who wouldn't necessarily know, just a TV only viewer right, right. of making the revelation of, okay, this is what they did and this is where they're at. Yeah, it was kind of abrupt. I didn't expect to see Emily there. It was kind of dark too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Okay, so the dialogue starts with Diana lamenting to Matthew, and Matthew notes that there are two heartbeats, two babies. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, so sorry. I didn't know what part you were going to flip to. Okay. I, I like the Emily scene was abrupt, but I also like that Miriam was checking over Marcus because he was kind of injured, too, from Peter Knox, and mm-hmm. Sophie was in the background with the baby, and it was like everyone was getting checked over, but it was just a juxtaposition because Emily obviously passes away and Marcus is left Marcus. to live, but he's guilty. He feels guilty. You can tell. Well, I mean, had a huge weight put on his shoulders. It was his responsibility, ultimately, and he knew that. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. And let's not even bring Matthew into the picture where he'll, like, throw it over. Yeah, come in, uh, here comes bad dad. Yeah. yeah. He'll come in hot and let him know what a failure yeah. he is. And he's anticipating all of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Yeah, we can tell the whole crew is there. They're all licking their wounds. They're all trying to uh, get it together. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Nathaniel there? Yes. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, Nathaniel and, and Agatha. Sophie yeah. and Agatha. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the dialogue started with Diana lamenting to Matthew and, and saying the baby will never get to know Emily. Mm-hmm. And Matthew notes that there are two heartbeats, two babies. And then he says, these children are a future and the congregation will never harm their family again. And then we have the opening music, which they kept the same, the same palimpsest theme, Mm -hmm. which was good, I thought. I liked it. I liked it, too. It was like putting on a warm, cozy sweater. You know, yeah. like we're back home. They start adding a couple of new little overlays. Yes. Which was nice. season two. And yeah, they didn't just take last year's and plop it in. You no. can tell there's changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a nice, even if you didn't get the recap, if you just watch the intro, you can get reminders of what happened mm-hmm. in the past. And it's good continuity, I think. Yeah. So now there's the non goddamn VIP helicopter. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. And hey, 
Hamish is on board. Yay! We weren't. Ho- we were hoping to see Hamish. Then so. it's good. Then He's the, there. Well, and it's that one is non uh, VIP because that's Hamish and not Baldwin's. Yeah. That's right. Because he's got a plate. We determined. <laughs> yes. And the only one GD VIP <laughs> is Baldwin. Baldwin's. So Galglass is on his motorcycle. Isabel greets Galglass like, "Hello, old friend." Like uh, I was like, "Wait, that's your wait, nephew? Granny." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cold. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's how. <laughs> right. It's like that. Okay, cool. The scene where Diana gets up and runs and hugs him. What? Okay, Jean, before we had our mics on, you had something to say about this. So regurgitate it for our audience. It was just off, it was off for me only because everyone else was so, as we go on through the episode, mm-hmm. was so much more restrained. Yeah. I realized they had, and I think also there was some looks around the table even. So I think they're planting the seed early, mm-hmm. but it just, it kind of took me out of it for a minute yeah. because it's like more like, oh, it's Teresa and Steven because they're really good friends. Right. Because uh, it, that's, I had like a weird reaction to it because I was like, wait a minute. Mm. She's not even like that touchy-feely with her husband. It's kind of weird. <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was abrupt, actually. I mean, she she does get up, pops up and runs over to hug him. And he's like, it's only been a couple days for you, but it's been 400 years for me. And she's like, okay, goodbye. And then she said, okay, bye. Yeah, it's true, too. It was just yeah. like, apparently we're like, the director's like, keeping things moving on. <laughs> right. yeah. Do Keep it going. Her. Keep it going. Keep it going. All Keep right. it moving, people. <laughs> okay, so they're seated around the table and Matthew makes his war speech. Yeah. Uh, which part of which it was showed up in our spoiler trailer. Yeah, it is. That they fed us early. Yes. <laughs> uh, wait, I have to just say Matthew Good, and it's not just the physical. He's doing another fine job. I like the styling. I like his hair. I like the way his yes. looks are. Yes. I like his acting. I mean, everything. Everything is a total package for me so far. Very good. Yes. Very and good. the tailor stepped up this season, yes. too. We must we must remark his wardrobe has even improved. And his hairstylist. Come yes. on. The hair is yes. much better. Much better. Should have been like a snack. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, under the protection of the de Claremont family is where Emily died. And that was part of the speech. And I think I'll insert a part of it here so we can all hear it. When Peter Knox murdered Emily Mather, he killed a woman that was like a mother to my wife. He killed a woman that was truly beloved by Sarah. He killed a woman who was under the protection of the de Clermont family. And therefore, Peter Knox has brought about his own end. Knox has powerful allies. Let's consider the consequences before we take action. None as powerful as the de Clermonts. Killing him will be too easy. It'll make him a martyr. People need to know what he did, and not just to M. That's why Mom's on her way to Venice. She's told Baldwin to hold an immediate meeting of the congregation, so she'll have a chance to tell the truth about what really happened here, before Knox and Joubert can twist it. And they will. They'll portray us as the aggressors. I'm afraid they'll use what's happening in Oxford for the same ends. What has been happening in Oxford? There's been a series of killings. They've rather captured the imagination of the press. They're calling them the vampire murders. And for once, the newspapers are right. The victims were killed by a vampire with blood rage. A lot's been happening while you were in the 16th century, Matthew. Gerbert will use this against you. Diana's concern that they'll make Peter a martyr. And that would be my concern, too. I think that's valid. Nathaniel relays that Agatha is on her way to the congregation to charge Peter for doing his deeds. You know, she's like kicking ass and taking names right out of the box. 100, yes. Tanya is so amazing to watch because you can just see the full weight of all of her experience, Mm -hmm. especially all the classical roles she's played. It's like she is truly playing Agatha like a queen. Yeah, she's in it. 
Absolutely. Our demon queen, and I swear, when I read the books, I did not get that impression from oh, no, Agatha no. at all. No. 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 But she is such a presence on the show. That's a great way to put it. She's a presence. And you kind of need that on the congregation with fucking oh, witches yeah. and vampires. So you need a strong presence. And Especially when you they, have two demons who don't, who don't get to talk. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, cat got your tongue, dude? Say something. Anything. And, and speaking of which, it's like they just dropped in this other dude and they're saying, He's Julian. They didn't even change the demon's name at <laughs> the credits at the end. I'm like, are you kidding me? You could have at least called him something different. Oh, so listen, we pay attention. We've been paying attention. Would the average TV viewer know the difference, though? No, if I just TV laughed because at the, credits at, the, at the credits at the end, this other dude was still Teamer. <laughs> like, really? It's like, come on, guys. Okay, he doesn't like, get a last name, so maybe it was a different one. <laughs> no. <laughs> there you go. There's a thought. But it was still the same or, same uh, the same guy that didn't get lines season one. <laughs> yeah. And didn't show up in season two. No. Mm-mm. So Hamish reports on the vampire murders and I was like oh okay so a lot's been happening a lot yeah that's been happening while they were gone it's basically to catch diana and matthew up okay so while you're all were traipsing around in the 16th century here's what's been going on idiots and yeah by the way blood rage yeah no big deal just pay attention okay so phoebe introduces herself uh to matthew and this is ex- this is exactly Matthew and Diana coming in, creeping in, walk of shame to Philippe, in my opinion. She's, really? not, she's not shameful, but it's the same overlay where he's standing at the window and she's he's quietly coming in and trying to interject herself. Yes. Yes. Like, who the fuck are you? Right. Really? She's like, it wasn't a good time until now. And like, because she said it was now. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no. And I know who you are to, to Marcus. I know. I can smell yeah. you, bitch. Well, he didn't yeah. say that, but, yeah. you know. It was very um, funny. He was, he was not in the mood to deal with any of that. No. <laughs> After they spar with each other a little bit, Marcus tells Matthew about himself, you know, and he's like, blood rage, Matthew? Really? Really? When we, you think you might have told me right. something? And fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah, very fair. <laughs> very fair. Matthew's just kind of gives like a little cartoon nod. I, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you've yeah. only been around a little over 200 years, so I didn't, yeah, think, I I didn't have time yet. <laughs> You're just a baby. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> you weren't old enough to know. Right. So the next scene. The page shows up at the temple, right? Yeah. And if we're to remember correctly, that's when, before Peter Knox get a hold of it, she disappeared it and went off with Rebecca and Peter offs Emily. And there's that whole mm-hmm. sad scene at the end of last season. Next scene, Diana and Sarah have a chat and Diana wants to know, hey, why was Em at the temple? And <laughs> Sarah's like, yeah, there's the higher magic thing. And, <laughs> and then Diana's like, Em hated higher magic. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah's like, no, Em was kind of a higher magic crackhead. You missed yeah, it, but and Sarah suggests that they bring Emily back to change the past. And I was like, "Come on, Sarah, you know better. Yeah, she knows better. You, you but... can't do that." But in grief, you ask for all kinds of things. So she was in the denial stage in her grief. Yeah, so, yeah. So Sarah learns they're twins, and she freaks out, and she gets a little bit uh, racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say she gets she gets a little bit of first season Sarah. Again. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "What are they?" The Archie Bunker came back. Right. <laughs> Which vampire or something else? And we're like, Sarah! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> For a second there, I was thinking about the whole royal scandal with Megan and Harry's baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like. It sounded just like that, didn't it? Oh, my yeah. God. What color is the baby going to be? Right. And it turns out the baby's Ooh. a total redhead. And- oh, my God. So cute. I know. <laughs> like super redhead. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Ooh, we did. Got a little bit on the royal family. <laughs> okay, let's get ourselves out. Sorry, but and it's I true. almost wonder if they were kind of playing off on that the way they wrote that scene. To I be know. Honest. It would have been timely for the writers' room for sure. Okay, so new scene. We're moving along. Agatha is on her way to Venice. They're doing their key ritual and they enter the chamber. Wait, that was a fantastic close-up of Agatha with her demon sunglasses on. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Son yes. on the boat. <laughs> yeah, she was like, all right. She was like, okay, fuckers, I'm ready. Yeah. Totally the queen there. And honestly, even though I read the books and I kind of knew what was going to happen, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the way they prolonged this time and we got to see the close up of, of the keys all layering yeah. and the way they did it, mm-hmm. it was just pretty. Yeah. It was pretty to look at. And then here's something I noted the vampires kind of bullying Agatha. Like, you know, I have the floor, Gerber, and Gerber's like, mm, we have other shit to talk about. I mean, it's just like, well, yeah, I like how she pushed back because she pushed you didn't back. get that kind of pushback in the book. Yeah. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> yeah, spoiler zone, <laughs> it's not too bad. So I'll leave it in. See, audience, this is what we do. So, yeah. like I said, a temp that covers her ass. OK, here yeah. we go. Yeah. He was trying to talk over her and change the topic. And she he was she wasn't going to have it, but she did get to her point eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and Baldwin didn't like manage that meeting the way he was no. supposed to. No. We'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute. So Gerbert's all up in arms about the family swearing blood rage was gone. Well, yeah, he dropped that turd in the punch bowl really fast. And Agatha Wilson is breaking the covenant. And that was oh, Peter Pierce. being an asshole. Yeah. That's all good cover, though. I mean, he knows he knows why they're there. So he's trying yeah. to yeah. throw the grenades before it's, it comes to him. It's like, yeah, before she <laughs> she fucking says her shit, they're breaking yeah. the covenant yeah. anyway. <laughs> and Baldwin is finding out that Matthew and Diana are back. And he's finding out that everyone's at set tour. I mean, that doesn't yeah. take that doesn't take like anyone else to tell him. He could have known that ahead of time. It's a present well, time. Imagine finding out for the first time in the congregation, though, if you're Baldwin. Like, yeah. heads would roll. Yeah, and see, this is something we didn't see because of Diana's point of view. Yeah. We just sure sort is. of found out about it when he, what we'll talk about in the spoilers. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Agatha moves to remove Peter. Baldwin seconds the motion. <laughs> yeah. And um, I did like how quick he handled yeah. it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> he, did owe, he did owe Agatha yes. a great favor. He yeah. Almost yeah. Lost not, his to, well, not to mention the fact that he was trespassing. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, that really set him being the, sti- being the stickler that Baldwin is, he's not going to put up with that shit. So, of course, the three demons vote with Agatha. Everybody else votes. And, and that too. Baldwin, and Baldwin votes with her. Right. And then Satu was a spoiler here. Yeah. Revenge is sweet, I thought. I, I was did like, like oh. though I didn't know what Domenico was gonna do. Yeah. And yeah. the way he voted, it was like, wait a, oh I'm like, all oh, right, Domenico's a free agent. He does what he, was advantageous yeah. to yeah. him. So okay. Peter's mad. He's I mean oh. <laughs> he skulks out of there. Well, she was wonderful about it too. It's like, Peter, you broke our own rule. You killed another witch. Yeah. Right. Justice must be served. Justice must yes. be served. I did. I did like when Agatha said uh, Peter killed Emily or a witch, and he's like, uh, 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 uh. I've been it's, uh, yeah. just only a minute. Exactly. I was ready to get into semantics. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Wait, what like, exactly do you mean by kill? Yeah, <laughs> she was fucking with higher magic. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which, by yeah. the way, I thought Owen Teal did an excellent job as Peter. I mean, oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, he's like so loathsome. It's yes, like, right. The way he skulked out of there, and and he was so un- he was like that unhinged guy you're worried that's going to come back to the post office and shoot the place off. Uh, yeah, postal for sure. I like totally got that vibe. It's like, oh, you're you are the true disgruntled crazy ass employee, dude. He yeah. did it, and even more of a menace though, because in the previous seasons he had the disheveled hair and he was all like foaming mm-hmm. at the mouth. And this he was like more composed, like almost more icy, like you will pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He oh, backhanded yeah. threatened them on his way out. He was just like, mm, all right, do what you want. Yeah, he was a duty call security on. Yeah. And Agatha takes no, because the next scene, she's telling Nathaniel, get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Take and yay that we got Daniel. Yes. For that. Take Sophie, take the baby, get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, Beat feet. Yes. And don't tell me where you're going, because I don't want to know. And they say their goodbyes, which I thought was sad. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, we've got everybody. At the funeral. At the funeral. Yeah. Well, not everybody. But... Well, most people. <laughs> most people that were left, except yeah. for Isabel, but she explains later. Yeah. Uh, so the scene Mark. of the funeral, the temple, uh, Diana speaks because Sarah is ever clumped. I mean, obviously. Yes. Right. Well, and she, she offered to do it for Sarah to begin with. Yeah. Yes. So she lights the candles and we're going to join them in this funeral. Emily, we offer your spirit light in every direction. 
We offer you protection along the way. We release you from your earthly ties. And with the path lit and free from danger, We send you on your next journey. Ribbon, I do have something to say for say about that more later. But the release mm-hmm. of the ribbon, they sent Emily on her next journey, and I thought that was a beautiful mm-hmm. sentiment. Loved I it. thought yes. it was kind of like uh, you know how they release lanterns in the air yes. for some yes. some people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like I could that. not help but think though the fog machine guy is back. At least they weren't laughing this time. I know. No. And I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Right. <laughs> it's yes. a good scene. Isabel was mm-hmm. inside waiting. She didn't think I it'd was be appropriate. Disappointed we didn't get like the Viking funeral but that's just me. <laughs> oh, that's because your imagination ran away with you. And what well, was the wicker? It was the wicker. And <laughs> I love when your imagination runs away and I'm like, I look at it. I'm like, that would be a cool scene. And then I'm like, oh no, bring yourself back to reality. <laughs> We're not going to get that. That takes too much out of the budget. It's not right. going to happen. <laughs> so Isabel's inside waiting and she didn't think it would be mm-hmm. appropriate for her to be there considering her witch killing past. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. She read the room. Yeah. And that's important in this case. Yeah, very. Back at the funeral, Sarah's uh-huh. explaining her saltiness when she spoke about the baby's prior. Sorry. She was venting. Yeah. She was lashing out. And she acknowledged that the children will be special and hands her the page. And Diana says she vows more like mm-hmm. she says she's going to make Knox pay. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. Back to set tour. <laughs> Baldwin is there questioning Matthew. Um, Again, Philippe. Yes. Same window. (laughs) Exactly. It was good. Yep. And then the blood vow is brought up. And Mm -hmm. I thought this was a good way to bring up the blood vow. It's like, hey, you know, Philippe gave her a blood vow. And he's like, yeah, we'll see. So Baldwin makes his demands, leaving Peter Knox alone. He says, leave him alone because let it be. Let it be. Cause more problems. Exactly. I love that. He's probably right. When he's like, what'd you do? You killed him? He's like, no, he's not in the congregation. He's like, great. He lost his job. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Oh, so you fired him. Okay. (laughs) So he's still around and even more pissed off. And yeah. So also the deal with the blood rage murders. He's like, deal with the blood rage murders, okay? Will ya? Take care of that. It's your job. Uh, yeah, do Matthew, your job. Speaking of jobs, do yours. Yeah. Right. And Matthew's like, you want me to do it? And Baldwin's like, at a time of crisis, we should play to our strengths. <laughs> Which was a really <laughs> yeah. shitty thing to say. And we did learn last season that Matthew is indeed an assassin. Thus, his strengths are explained. So, yeah, we know what's going on. And then he's like, yeah, we're having a dinner. Bring the witch, you know. Yeah. And at dinner, everybody else in the house is at the kids' table, like Miriam and Hamish. Well, it was, it was family it was only. Such, and in yeah, Mar- yeah, by the way, is not considered family. No. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, not to mention the fact is, why did they have a family dinner? It was all vampires and nobody was eating. Yeah. <laughs> So Baldwin, Isabel, Marcus, Matthew, and Diana are sitting at the Mm -hmm. grown-ups table. And uh, Diana explains the blood vow is a privilege and other creatures don't have that. So the covenant is useless to them. And Baldwin puts his foot down at this moment and says, speaking against the covenant in Philippe's house is inexcusable. And okay, Baldwin, (laughs) you know, I guess you don't know what you don't know. So uh, I can excuse that. 
So back at the kids' table. <laughs> it was very Downton Abbey. It was very upstairs, downstairs. It was. Yes. Uh, Mart, Hamish, Miriam, and Sarah are toasting to Emily, which yes. I thought was very appropriate. Mm-hmm, Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Baldwin's upstairs chastising everybody. <laughs> and over at the grown-up table again, Baldwin is toasting Diana and Matthew and the unborn children, whatever they are. Um, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> right. And Baldwin mentions other vampire babies. Sarah's like, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right. Am I the asshole? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Baldwin mentions other vampire babies. And hey, Matthew, didn't you sire Benjamin around that time? And Benjamin's like, or I'm sorry, Matthew's like, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Cut it off. And by the way, everybody at the kids table has to leave. Not you, Mart. You know, don't get any wild ideas. Don't get any wild ass (laughs) ideas that I'm sending you on vacation. (laughs) Not you either, Miriam. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So later, Matthew and Diana are walking and Diana's like, hey, who's Benjamin? And Matthew explains. Diana's like, dude, I met him. He didn't call himself your son, though. And Matthew dives into the story. Yeah. He's not my son. Yeah. Poor parenting history is like unfolding so quickly in this first dead episode. Beat. Deadbeat. Right? Oh, man. He is like such the deadbeat dad. <laughs> and then we join Gal Glass and Marcus smoking and joking. Gal Glass brings up a scion light bulb to Marcus. Like, yeah. Gal Glass is like, hey, me and Hugh and Fernando, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, Gal Glass is like quite the bad idea bear. He was in the books too. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I know. And that was trap. always something that was always something I liked about Gal Glass because he was always like, yeah, he's always like, those little things. Tri- True you know, yet. You throwing know. those grenades in the whole thing. Yeah. Other things to consider, I guess, would be the polite thing to yes. say. Have you thought about? Mm-hmm. I mean, PR for this season is all about a revolution. In fact, yeah. today they posted, we, we, did, we need more than a fight. We need a revolution. So to me, it was appropriate. And I won't get into the books, but Gallo Glass igniting that idea for the family revolutionary was perfect. Yes. Yes. So Mark is proposing it. And Matthew, yeah, of course, he's going to say no. He's yeah. like, no, I'm just a dad who always says no. I, I just say no, just because. <laughs> nope. It's nope. easier. Mm-hmm. It is, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like the nope pope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your bear is bad daddy but he's the note pope for sure <laughs> so the next day everyone takes off gal glass sarah and diana and matthew pack up in the helicopter phoebe and marcus pack up in the midlife crisis's dream car uh like what is that would that would look like a blue corvette and then hamish and miriam pack up in like a town car equivalent it was probably like an audi or something i'd have to go go back and look it looked like a corvette to me but yeah i was gonna say overall it seems like they really upped the vehicle rental budget because Mm -hmm. as we get on in the episode we get the bmw i always called death from above because it was like that 800 series that goes yeah. 80 miles an hour. They did, but I think it came at the cost of Isabeau's wardrobe because she wore the same thing she wore in season one. <laughs> You're probably right. She, I mean, when they're leaving, she has the same hunting suit on that she had in season one. I mean, oh, she no. doesn't smoke or she doesn't smoke or sweat or anything. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it wouldn't stink. But, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Miriam packs up in a Hamish and Miriam pack up in like a Bentley, I think. So all mm-hmm. that's left is Baldwin and Isabel and Mart because, you know, she can't go nowhere. Yeah. And Isabel quietly chastised Baldwin and... <laughs> she, I would call it chastised. She, she was like, mm. Yeah. And she's it like, yeah, everybody slap. left. Everybody left. Huh. Right. You know how to clear a room, dude. Yeah. There you go. She, and she gave the same exit that she gave Gerbert when he's like, I won't protect Matthew. She's like, bye, Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. Boy, bye. Whatever. Yeah. Boy, bye. <laughs> and Baldwin says, he just seems pleased with himself. And Isabeau is like, totally boy, bye. Yeah. yeah. So now we're in London. Another Bentley pulls up because this one's great. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Up to an estate. Oh, it's super fancy. And they're greeted by Fernando. Yay. So Yay. new scene. 
Miriam is now looking at the page and it brings up all sorts of things. Matthew starts discussing sciencey ways to make connections. Miriam's like, whatever, we need a lab. And Diana's like, dude, I totally know someone who can help. And this was exactly what we talked about. <laughs> I know. You know, like, somebody's listening to I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I totally thought that. I thought they fixed Chris for me in so many ways, especially oh the they way they introduced the him. Yeah. And, and can I mention that this is everybody pay super close attention to this scene because there's all kinds of little eggs for the book readers and you'll know them when you see them. Right. Maybe we can some discuss them, are, discuss them yes. in the spoiler zone. Yeah. I think. Some yeah. of them are better executed than others. And Absolutely. we'll also discuss that. But yeah. Mm. All right. So now we're in South Keniston, London. Uh, Kensington. Kensington. Or, yeah, I thought we were in Kensington, yeah. And uh, we meet Christopher Roberts. So they're all introducing each other. They're patting each other on their sciencey achievements, you know, like yes. they do. I think that was one of their last scenes because that scene on the street looked like where all those photos from the last day shooting came oh, when it was from. really yeah. cold out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it was super cold out and nobody was happy. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, so you got a boyfriend. And Matthew's like, husband. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. But it's all pretty cool between them. I like that. Yeah. 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 I like it too. And Chris is like married to a Brit. And Matthew's like, dude, I'm French. His <laughs> <laughs> British I mean, accent. He says yeah. that. The, the exchange was kind of funny, actually. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. as, it wasn't as tense. It wasn't tense, no. It was And I like that. Because it, it didn't need to be tense. And then they bring up the twins, and she's like, yeah, I'm also pregnant with twins. And Chris is like, Oh shit, it has been a while. Fuck. Yeah. He could have said, Wow, you guys work fast. Right. And Miriam's like totally no nonsense. And he's like, she's like, Where's the lab? All right. Yeah. I was just like loving it because he's like, and you are? Yeah. <laughs> And I like she didn't have yeah, to give her whole list perfect. of credentials. She's like, I'm Miriam Shepard. Let's go. Yeah. Where's the fucking lab, dude? I don't yeah. have time. So they go on with sciencey talk, project negotiations. By the way, Matthew's hair here. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And Chris is looking at slides and he's confused. Mm -hmm. And then we flash over to Fernando and Sarah. And well, they meet. I was going to say, but the other thing is, too, is like you got a little bit of the scientist back and forth because he's like, well, you tell me what you think you're looking yeah. at. Yeah. Yes. Which I kind of liked it because it, it wasn't too... Nobody was, it wasn't too pompous on anyone's part either. It was just mm. like, tell me what you think. You know, you're an equal. Let's see what you think. And then he's like, wait. And then he gives a little analysis, but he's like, but it's something I haven't seen before. Like very yeah. humble. You know, he's not challenging Matthew on his knowledge or anything. It, it was very collegial. I thought this was the way it should have been. It's yeah. Book. It wasn't a challenge over knowledge or Diana, which is good. Refreshing. That's what we need. Yes. So we see that Fernando and Sarah meet and no one talks about M. And of course, for Sarah, M's loss is the biggest thing, you know, and yeah. she's like, all they talk about is blood rage and murders and this and no one's talking about M. And Fernando's there to calm her down. And he tells a story of Hugh and how he was kind of not mm -hmm. accepted by Philippe and all of that. So I thought that was a good exchange. And I think the book would enhance the scene a little bit more because mm -hmm. Sarah and Fernando do wind up very close because mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So back at the lab, Chris is just incredulous about the witches and vampires and demons. And he's like, I need evidence, dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're saying all this shit, but I, I need evidence. Yeah. I'm hearing words, but I'm not seeing yeah. proof. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I didn't believe it. So, <laughs> so Diana proves her point by shaping flowers out of the water. Way different than the book. Yeah. After he accepts the proof and you can see he touches, he feels, he witnesses it. Asks some sciencey questions. Totally asks the sciencey. He just like cut right into the whole sciencey question about, well, is it this or that? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. And yeah. then he says, okay, what do you need? Chris has given his assignment, a cure for blood mm -hmm. rage. That's what we need. And now we go to the scene with Baldwin and Domenico, which kind of like caught me off guard. I was like, okay, wait, what are we doing? Domenico yeah. has some gossip and he's offering his knowledge and help. And Baldwin's like, all right. You what? call it offering knowledge and help. I call it shit stirring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, probably, probably more appropriate. Yeah. Blunt about it. And then we close. 
Benjamin's answering the phone. When do they get back? And then we close in on Baldwin looking <gasps> at, you know, mangled body pictures. Yeah. And uh, Benjamin's in Germany or some German-speaking country because he's yeah. walking I down the hall said, of the hotel. I thought they said Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, it was Berlin. And so he's speaking German and the maid is speaking German and... We hear her scream, and he's walking away uh-huh. smiling because he just Man, left the murder scene. Man, it was scene. like it was such a Dexter close. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, and he looked beautiful, way better looking should, than he should have. But I know. Like, yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, you're so horrible, Benjamin, uh, but you're so pretty. You're so pretty. You're such a pretty man. <laughs> anyway, so that is the end. What yes. did you guys think of this episode? Oh, 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 and the clo- and we, we're getting the the great music closers again. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. I think this was probably Valerie Broussard again. Though I checked on her Spotify account, it's not posted yet. It's the cover of an old hymn called "Will the Circle Be Unbroken," and mm-hmm. it is positively spooky. Yeah, I like that they close with like yeah. spookyish mu- music, and it just right. ooh. It sets yeah. the mood for the next one. And then, we, you know, we go into the previews for the next time, which we're not going to cover. Yeah. But what did you guys think? How do you... I, I love the way they handled this. Uh, yeah, yes. I did. I like the pace again. That was always a good thing. The new characters like Benjamin and even... Mm-hmm. The, I, I, Peter's not new by any stretch, but I don't know. I really liked his... It's a new side. It's a new, new side, side of to him. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. none of them... I mean, anyone could take this and be like, oh, it's just a fantasy TV show. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. corny. But they really embrace the characters and they're, they don't play them kitschy or caricature. They really, I don't know, embrace them and give their all to the performance, which I appreciate. I mean, and when you're talking about like top line folks like Lindsay yes. Duncan and, and yeah. Alex Kingston and Owen Teal. Yeah. And tre- I mean, Trevor. My right. God. Oh my God. It's good. It's really Super good. good. Super good. And with small roles, no less. Exactly. I know. The secondary characters, just like in the books, are the ones that captivate you the most. Well, mm-hmm. me anyway. I mean, oh, of yeah. course, the stories about Diana and Matthew. But after a while, they can only give so much. They have the yeah. same goals. And then you have the and layers. And make the same mistakes. And make the same dumbass <laughs> mistakes. (laughs) but I love the secondary characters weaving their influence and whatever Mm -hmm. they have to bring to the table into it so for me that's perfection so and the funny thing is I did not really miss all the beauty that was Elizabeth in London no I know and you don't miss either not being able to go to certain locations yeah not so far no yeah I I mean none of it has seemed contrived yeah it was less of a chase and run around thing it was more of a, okay, mm-hmm. we're stationed in London. This is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. You know, no explanations, no nothing. Keep it simple, stupid. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think for TV, that's perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I did notice a little bit, maybe because I was looking forward as far as with them filming under COVID restrictions. And it just seemed like everybody was more reserved as far as the couples are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Physically reserved, which I mean, I, I kind of expected. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see where we are going forward. I never thought of that, you know, COVID in the background and in, in the real life and their lack of being totally intimate in scenes. I'm not talking intimate, intimate, but, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. long hugs or long lingering or closeness. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, there's always like that gap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, they're not keeping six feet <laughs> separate but for actors they, they seem to all be keeping yeah they're more distant in the past and i think and if you look at the funeral scene the way they staged it as well yeah mm-hmm. i think like and discovery of witches was truly the romance and then shadow of night was you know dealing with the background the history of the whole thing of the declaremonts and everything and then this is just like hey we got to come together closest thing to truth fantasy yeah it's true all right. So are we ready for the spoiler zone? Yes. Oh, yes. All right. So audience, if you don't want spoilers, we're going to say goodbye to you here. Jean, yes. offer your demon kiss. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are our alarm. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Sound we will, the alarm. We'll talk to you next week for the rest of you, though. Stay tuned past this break and we will enter the spoiler zone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact. 
and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela That went quick. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Oh, spoiler zone. The whole thing with Chris, we took out all the tension with Chris and Chris isn't a dick anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy. I'm happy about that too. Absolutely. I like his rewritten character, but I love the actor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that he turned out to be a skeptic the way he should have been, especially mm-hmm. as yes. a scientist. Proved me they wrong. leaned into the scientist and leaned out of the Division One football player. Yes. Which made me super happy because he was a real dick of a football player. Yeah. Anything else you guys noticed for the spoiler zone? Oh, yeah. I'll come out and say it. I okay. miss Tristan. I know. I know. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not from a... Well, it's from an aesthetic point in one one sense, but in a, in more of a physicality and a, an ability to command the space, not necessarily command respect, but command the space yes. and make the viewer believe that this guy was a Roman gladiator and this guy, a very good actor, but he's miscast here to me. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't have, I don't want to say gravitas because gravitas is different, but he doesn't have the physicality. He's not like the Richard Burton type. and. And I'll be honest with you, some of the lines, it's like I kept thinking, wow, they these would have been delivered very differently and come off differently. Yeah, delivered differently. Plot, yeah. And driven the plot in a little bit different way. Because I feel like here it ends up leaning way into Baldwin being the officious bureaucrat that, that he's the boss that nobody likes and everybody keeps in the dark until it turns into a shit storm. And then he's like, well, what the fuck's going on here? Why didn't you guys Why tell you me guys this tell was me? turning into a mess so I could help you? Yeah. Well, I mentioned this off mic too. I feel like with Tristan in his facial expressions, you could see that there was more going on behind those eyes. Yeah. Yes. He was thinking about, okay, I'm in a pickle. A lot of gauging. How am I going to get yeah. myself out of this? How am I going to get my family out of this? And I got to deal with them. You got the sense that this is the family strategist. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I don't feel that with Peter at all. I just feel like he's like two steps behind on an even keel. So nobody blows up and everything. And just by doing that, it's making everything 100% worse. And also when he deals with the family, he doesn't have that fire behind him. He's just like, yeah, just, you know, make sure that stops. Where Tristan would have been, I feel like he would have been slamming his hand on the table and be like, oh, yeah, look here. Would have been that whole thing with he had with Marcus last season when he dropped by and saying, dude, maybe you're trusting the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, Peter did, or this Baldwin did slam his hand on the table when Diana brought up about the covenant. But I almost feel like it's more of a, you're doing it because I say so, whereas Tristan's Baldwin compelled you. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. you got to do it for the life of this family. Otherwise, right. see, you said he slammed his hand on the table. I didn't even remember that. That's how. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't even register. So that's how much I, you know, I was looking for it. Yeah. Well, I did have the opinion and I predicted that I would that he's fine he's fine he's all fine fine. yeah it's Mm -hmm. fine Um, but that's not good I don't want to feel that way about a character I want to feel invested I want to feel and this is only episode one and I will admit that I did watch episode one twice and I did like his performance incrementally better yeah (laughs) the second time I watched him but I'm assuming he's gonna grow on me but he's uh, he's I don't know I'm just not there yet no, I've been divested of the character. My, it's like I've compartmentalized it and I'm just looking at it from a completely clinical perspective now. Right. And that's you fair. Know. That's fair. Yeah. And also it's unfair to the actor because he kind of stepped in. Yeah, of yeah, course. It was like who's available and who's willing to work under COVID restrictions. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure the list was not very long. Yeah. But the thing is, 
I've done a 180 on Chris and and Chris and this guy's and with Ivano's depiction, I love it. He works for me. So, I mean, it's kind of a trade-off, I guess. Yeah, it, it is definitely because I even said when we were talking about what we hope, I, I was like, I hope I like Chris. And I do. Yeah. I do. I know. It fixed it. They fixed it. And I'm just they like, it. and it worked. They didn't need all that other bullshit. They, yeah, it, the, it just didn't the, need that it. That was unnecessary drama. He even delivered that line you hated and it worked. It absolutely did because it was in context. Yes. It wasn't yes, just it was like, totally wait, context. what a minute. What? And it wasn't so accusatory either because the way, you know, he's, he jumped in Matthew shit in the book trying to lump him in with Marion Sims and the rest of the eugenicists that yes. were crafting the final solution in World War Two. Right. And instead, Matthew's like, listen, my father was experimented on by the Nazis. I, I don't think you understand you tr- how yeah, bad this is going to be. You don't get this. Right. I watched it and then he He's like, look, I'm so, a black man from it, Alabama. I get it. You know, and it worked. And it worked. That was perfect. Th- had that been in the book, I'd been fine. Seriously. Oh, my God. We wouldn't have been like losing our mind for like three episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More like five. <laughs> well, hot button. It's yeah, a hot button. It was a hot button. Yes. So oh, what about, you know, the fact <sighs> that we got to see the funeral? We got to see Emily die so we could put closure on that. You know? Yeah, it was good closure for for the TV show. I would agree with you there. Yeah. And the fact the blood valve talk was truncated. We didn't get a whole dinner where it's like uh-huh. Varen was involved and it's like no Varen. Yeah. And Varen and Varen's like, maybe I'll accept her, maybe I won't. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we missed the whole, and they don't have the time so they can't delve into that side issue of Baldwin's relationship with Philippe and the fact that he was kept, he's been kept in the dark by everybody. Right. And the fact that there's the accusation of Baldwin saying, hey, you could have totally necromantic my father and made him give you the blood vow. I don't know. You know, yeah. that was a that was a big conundrum in the book of life, actually. And here's just like, yeah, OK, I accept the blood vow and, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, we we kind of skipped over that little scene in uh, Philippe's office. I love between Matthew and Baldwin where he's like, oh, there's no end to her talents when he's like, oh, we were in London. No, you weren't. I just didn't tell you when we were in London. Right. I told right. you the like, truth. I, love, I just didn't tell I you the whole bit of it. Yeah. yeah, that exchange. It was great. I did like when Galaglass and Marcus were talking and he's like, basically compared Baldwin to Philippe and admitted that Philippe could be a bastard, yeah. you know, and it's like, you never get that in the books. You always think like, oh, I mean, for most Philippe of the story, no yes, yeah. he does yeah. no wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And I like Marcus's confrontation to Matthew and the Scion talk. The round tower convo was managed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very in a very efficient way, I think. Yes. Yes. I think all the all the round tower stuff will end up being managed very efficiently. Yes. Which we'll get to next episode. And Chris's intro, much more credible and then in the yes. book. Yeah. Yeah. That's my bottom line there. It was no, no New Haven. Yeah. yeah, it was a very successful first episode and they got all of the ducks lined up in a row for this final sprint. Very efficient. Like I said, with the yeah. season two, they managed to get the essence of that book into 10 episodes. And I have no doubt they'll be able to do that. The same thing in the seven episodes. Yeah. So, yes. I'm impressed. I'm really Theory. impressed because I was not expecting to. I'm like, oh, they're just going to. Okay. Event, 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 and then we're done, right? No, it was expertly crafted, I thought. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think so, too. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. (laughs) Wow. That went quick, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) It was good episodes, guys. All right. So we'll talk to you next week. And let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Demon kiss. One for you guys. Till next week. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 